Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thank you so much, Dal. Because I want to, there's several people here and you're not well. And I've, I've determined a long time ago, why do we wait to the end of the service to pray for the sick? And they, they're in pain and they can't focus while the whole service is on. Then we pray for them at the end of the meeting. I've never understood that. So we nearly always pray for the sick at the end of the worship or before I preach. I'd like to pray for Rod Best. As you know, many of you at Rod's been going through. He's got dizziness and has had a, uh, is it a growth tumor in the behind the ear there? Can you come out, Rod and Jen? I just want to pray God's power over you. And I know they're walking this journey. Just coming out the front here. And I want some of the leaders to come and join around with you. We want to pray. For Rod and Rod's been going through the journey, deciding whether to have an operation or not. But we're going to believe. We're going to believe. I just thought when we were worshipping, the Holy Spirit said, my authority is in this place. When you lift up the name of Jesus, His authority. It's not just a song that the name of Jesus is powerful. But I believe the authority of Jesus' name is in this house. And together we reach out right now. We reach out right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I just pray for Rod right now. Lord, I release your healing power over him right now. Lord, I, I say the enemy's scheme is cancelled. It's cancelled in Jesus' name. And I release your healing grace and power over Rod. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we healing power over him. Lord, this tumour must shrink and die. Your, your balance must come back to him, his body and in his soul and spirit. In the name of Jesus Lord, I join with Jen as she stands as a woman of faith. And together they've declared that, Jesus, you're in charge of our lives and our bodies. And, Lord, we declare your Lordship right now, right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for peace just settling over his being. And I thank you, Lord, that you would reverse what has happened in their lives. And I declare your freedom. The scheme of the enemy is cut off in Jesus' name. The assignment is broken in Jesus' name. And I thank you for freedom. Thank you for freedom right now. Oh God, just lays in pain or you've got a physical condition that's causing you uh, difficulty in concentrating or you, you need God's healing power. Just lift your hand where you are. Come on, just lift it up where you are. There's several people here. There's a whole pile of people been battling the flu. Keep your hand up, and if you're near them, I want you to reach out in faith right now. Keep your hand up if you need prayer. Come on, let's, let's exercise our faith right now. Come on, let's declare the name of Jesus. Pray for them as if you're, they're your father or son or daughter. Let's declare, release faith right now in Jesus' name. Declare your healing power over that back right now. Lord, we pray for those vertebrae to get into line. Lord, we declare those nerves to be adjusted and released in Jesus' name. Those pinched nerves, Lord, we declare freedom in that back and in that hip in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we declare your freedom because healing is the children's bread. Release your strength from that flu and that virus. We declare your healing power. Lord, we receive it right now in Jesus' name. By your stripes, we are healed. The presence of the Lord is there to heal and restore. We release your kingdom purpose in people's lives. So that we're not hindered in what you've called us to do. Lord, I pray for the pain to go, and I pray for peace over them. Lord, this next 24 hours, they will see your hand of grace and healing flowing through their bodies. And Lord, they'll be inspired to go home and lay hands on others in their churches in Jesus' name because of your healing grace. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for it in your mighty, mighty name. And let's give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Okay, let's take our seat.
I want to encourage you, don't wait till the end of the service to pray for the sick. Just God's healing power and grace. It's, it's, it's ours in the kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Some pastors say, well, if I pray and nothing happens, isn't that going to make it look like I don't have enough faith? No, Jesus is the healer, not you. And all I've learned, you just step out and make room. Let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do. And all we have to do is make room and be a connector of faith and see what God will do. And I, I, I'm just totally amazed. I shared this story a while ago of the older couple that were here in our church about 18 months ago. And just before I preached, I felt a burden to go and pray for them. And I remember going and praying for them and the power of God touched them. They didn't get totally healed, but they certainly had release. Three weeks later, the lady sitting three seats away came and saw me and said, remember that old couple you prayed for? I said, yep. She said, well, the next morning I woke up totally free of arthritis pain that I've had for seven years. I've waited three weeks to come and tell you because I wanted to make sure it was God. She said, it's totally gone. I saw her about six months ago. I said, how's the pain? She said, it's all gone, never come back. And I think, God, you're in charge. I prayed for uh, uh, John and Beryl and she three seats away got totally healed and see what he does and he loves to surprise people because he wants to bring kingdom life and I want to stir your hearts this first session I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit our helper I don't know about you but ministry can be tough work when you do it on your own it can be frustrating when you do it half Holy Spirit and half you but um, I was reading this a few weeks ago leading up to Pentecost Sunday and I was staggered again at one of the statements Jesus made. There's some things Jesus said in the Bible that really just baffle me. And this one baffled his disciples horribly. It's in John 16, 5 to 7. But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? This is Jesus speaking just before the Last Supper and the crucifixion. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts and then complete pos- and taken complete possession of them. But I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. And they're thinking, no, Jesus, I reckon Peter was saying, no, you're not leaving. I reckon they all would have been shouting out. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counsellor, strengthener, standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you to be in close fellowship with you. So Jesus just spun them, incredible statement, saying, it's better I leave. And they're saying, Jesus, we're just getting used to having you around. These last three and a half years have been the most amazing years of our life. We love the miracles of food, and, and we love the miracles of healing, and raising people from the dead, and your teaching, and, and uh, catch, helping us to catch fish when we weren't catching any. Hey, we don't want you to go, Jesus. This is an awesome partnership. I reckon Peter would have been right in there. Because remember, we don't get all the conversations in the Gospels. We only get the, the summary. But Jesus said, guys, you don't get it. I'm here in one body, in one place, and I'm finishing my mission, and I'm going to go back to heaven. But I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, who can be in all of you, all over the world at any time. And they, were try- they just couldn't get their head around it. They finally did, uh, a little while later, when the Holy Spirit got poured out, and they started to minister, and the church grew. But he said, it's going to be a lot better if I go, because the help is going to come the helper and I want to encourage you in our ministry that the helper the Holy Spirit's with us in us all over us around us shaking our communities and the helpers with us every day 
And yet so often we stop to uh, we forget to ask him or to partner with him. And sometimes we're partnering, he's partnering with us and we don't even know it. He's leading us in our conversations. He's nudging us to do this or do that. And we look back at the end of the day or the week and say, that had to be the Holy Spirit. There's no way I could have thought of those words. That's a divine coincidence and events. And I, when you're partnering with the Holy Spirit, life's never dull. Not saying it's easy, because when you're partnering with the Holy Spirit, who is the anointing upon him, the Antichrist is against, the Christ is anointed one. So he's against the anointing. So when you step out in the Spirit, the devil will contend with you, because he hates the anointing. And he hates it when you partner with the Holy Spirit. Why on earth has there been so much conflict over speaking in tongues and the Holy Spirit, the helper, the divine presence of God flowing with us? And as Pentecostals, we need to live in the overflow. Let him be our helper in all that we are and all that we do. John 14 verse 50, 15 says, If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I will talk to the Father and he'll provide you another friend so that you'll always have someone with you. The friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world <clears throat> excuse me, can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming back in just a little while. The world will no longer see me. But you're going to see me because I am alive and you're about to come alive. At that moment, you will know absolutely that I'm in the Father and you're in me and I'm in you. What beautiful. He couldn't be any plainer, could he? But they were still trying to get their head around it. He said, wait in Jerusalem until the power comes from on high. They still didn't know what the Holy Spirit looked like. He'd been working in them and through them. Remember, these are the same guys that were sent out by Jesus and healing the sick. And I read one comedy said that might have been a three-month ministry tour they were on. It wasn't just a few days or a week. They went ahead to all the towns that Jesus was going to And they're seeing all these people getting healed and delivered and uh, strongholds demons fleeing these are the guys who knew the power of the spirit but they didn't understand it because they were functioning under the conveyed anointing from Jesus and his authority now he was trying to get them ready what was going to happen so Jesus was like a departing teacher remember he was a rabbi he was a departing teacher introduces the pupils to his or her replacement so Jesus introduces them to the Holy Spirit he calls the Holy Spirit his representative. The Holy Spirit in you comes in the name of Jesus Christ with equal authority and identical power. And sometimes we think the Holy Spirit's sort of the third person, the Trinity, so he's sort of not quite as powerful. He's fully God and he's Jesus' representative. And that full power of Jesus is in the Holy Spirit and he comes and lives in us in full power. But we've got to learn to live in partnership with the divine helper. And boy, ministry becomes more exciting and you see more breakthroughs and you see more wholeness and freedom the more we partner with the Holy Spirit. And we do way too much ministry in our own effort and strength and training and skills and gifts, but I don't think we know how to partner as well as we should with the Holy Spirit. And I've been on a lifelong journey for 40 years now in ministry learning how to partner with the Holy Spirit. And still learning and still miss it sometimes. 
And this brought great comfort to the disciples, even though they didn't fully understand it was all going to work out. So the Holy Spirit is described in the Bible by various words. Comforter, advocate, counsellor, friend, helper, intercessor, standby, strengthener. In the original Greek, the Holy Spirit is referred to as parakletos. It's a compound of two words, para, which means alongside of, and kletos, which means one who is designated to you. Wow, how's that? So the Holy Spirit is the parakletos, one who means alongside of and one who is designated to you. That's why I love on the day of the Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was put, it says individual tongues of fire came on all the believers. So the Holy Spirit's baptism, anointing, empowering, equipping is personally designed for you. Your personality, your calling, your experience, your lane that you run in, all your, what God's called, it's personally designed for you. It looks similar to other people's, but it's designed for you, your personality and gifts and all of that, your weaknesses, everything. How awesome is that? And sometimes we forget how amazing the Holy Spirit is beside us, within us, overflowing us. The Holy Spirit has been assigned to come alongside of you. He is the presence of Jesus with and in you. Can you see how they needed this encouragement? It's the evening before the crucifixion. By sunrise, most of them will have abandoned him. Within 24 hours, we'll be hanging on the cross, and their world will seem like it's been turned upside down. But Jesus so clearly wants them to know you'll never face the future without my help and neither will you in this life there's some crazy things come all of our ways whether it's your own personal journey or the people God sends for you to minister to John 14 26 says the helper the comfort the advocate the intercessor the counselor the strength and the stand by the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name in my place to represent me and act on my behalf he will teach you all things And he will help you remember everything that I have told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. The Holy Spirit's there with us. Let's have a look at some of these different words just to inspire us. Number one, the comforter. Wow. Marilyn and I have needed the comfort of the last few weeks with the crazy stuff we've gone through. Take our church through the grief and pain of that young lady and the four kids getting killed. She was part of our church here for over 15 years and all the craziness that's gone on. You've got to be prepared for whatever comes. And the Holy Spirit doesn't leave. He's the comforter. 1, John, 1 Corinthians 40. One who prophesies speaks to people for their singing, encouragement and 2 Corinthians 1, 3. Praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. It abounds. That's a, I like that word. It's overflowing. In other words, more than enough. And sometimes when you're walking through grief or loss or attack, you just got to take whatever you need every day. Counselor. I like this one too. Counselor. 
Spirit of wisdom, Isaiah 11, 2. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. How often has the Holy Spirit counseled you? You've been wrestling with a decision. You wake up in the morning and just know, you know, you have the answer. Or someone's preaching in church and you just walk out knowing what to say and what to do. He's our counsellor. So often we don't ask for the Holy Spirit's wisdom and counsel. He's often waiting with a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or a prophetic word or a scripture or just an impression to show us what to say or do in our ministry life, in our own personal life. In my early days, I just never asked him enough. It's like us blokes. Before we had GPS, if you got lost, you'd never ask for directions, would you? I'm sure we've gone past that service station three times. No, no, it must be a different one. Now we've got GPS, we don't have it. But what about when you get a flat pack and you can't understand the instructions? Three hours later, still trying to get it wrestled and the door's on back the front. But will you bring a friend? No way, you've got to sort this one out. We're a bit like that in our ministry life. We just don't stop and ask the Holy Spirit, what, what do I do here, Holy Spirit? We struggle and wrestle through with difficult situations and people and leadership stuff. And sometimes just stopping and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say and what do you want me to do? And wait for five minutes and then write down what he tells you. I, I just, we just rely on our own gifts and our own capacities and experience. Sometimes the more experience you get, it can be dangerous because you rely on your experience. Sometimes the more experience you get, you rely more on the Holy Spirit because you know you just can't do it. <laughs> so it can go either way. Some young people think, oh, I know how to do that. When I was young, I just said, God, I've got no idea how to do that. Please help me. First time I was asked to bring deliverance for a young guy. We were in this uh, crusade meeting and all the counselors are busy and this young guy's manifesting on the front seat. The pastor said, take him out the back and get him free. That was my training on deliverance ministry. <laughs> I'm all of 18, assisted youth, they took him out the back. I'm praying and casting out everything I could think of and, and using the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and everything, and nothing's happening. He's still manifesting. And then after I said, Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to do? He says, ask him if he wants to be really free. I'm like, that's a novel idea. I said, there's a lot of spiritual activity happening here. Do you want to be free? He looked at me and says, no, not really. He was a backslidden Christian, knew what was going on, messing in the occult, manifested because he came into a meeting, but he didn't want to be free. I said, well, no wonder nothing's happening. I said, I'll pray blessing on you, but trust you get your life sorted out. See you later. That's all I could do. I would have been there all night otherwise. <laughs> that was my, my fast track in learning deliverance ministry. <laughs> I got more training after that. And I went to the pastor's. This is what happened. What do I do? He says, well, you end up doing the right thing, but you could have done that quicker. I said, okay, well, no, next time. Does he really want to be free? That's a good question, isn't it? When you're trying to help people, do you want to be changed? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be healed? I can't believe some people don't want to be healed. They become so comfortable. It's their attention seeker. If they get healed, they've got to go back to work. You're laughing. I've met people who don't want to get healed because then they're going to get off their pension and go back to work. <laughs> oh, gee, that, that doesn't work in Indian support over there. A lot of people get healed real quick over there because they've got no option. <laughs> I love this one. 
Hebrews 13.5 says, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. And the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. We were on holidays in Melbourne just a few weeks ago, and it was Sunday, and our family, they had some sports stuff on, and we're going to go to church at night, but I just said to Marilyn, I want to go to this church, and it was um, George and Georgie Baxter's and... Uh, Enjoy church. I'd just never been to their church. I Googled it and found out their main church was an hour away on the other side of town. Well, that's a fair drive to go to church, but I just knew in my heart we meant, we were meant to go. So we go there and the GPS got us lost. <laughs> it got us to the right suburb. It took us to the whole wrong end of the suburb with a street that was the same name, but it was, they weren't there. So anyway, we finally got there 10 or 15 minutes late, just in time for the sermon and Georgie got up and preached a great sermon. But as we sat down, a guy sat across the aisle from her, looked over and says, well, look who's here. And he's a guy, I won't mention his name, but because some of you do know him. And he was a guy I knew in uh, youth ministry in Queensland many years ago. And I didn't know he was in Melbourne, been there for eight and a half years in that church. After the service, we went out to get a coffee and he was on the welcome team and meeting new people. So as soon as he was free, we went and started chatting. He remembered who we were and we had the most amazing conversation. Within moments, he's crying, telling us, his broken life story but he's still ministering and Mary Lynn just gets download from the spirit just bringing healing into his life then I start praying I had this amazing picture and word for him he's crying his eyes out and then he says you know I got up this morning and I've been serving Jesus for years but he said I got up this morning and said it would be so good if someone came and gave me a prophecy today <laughs> that made my day I thought, thank you, Holy Spirit, for nudging us to drive all the way across town. We probably went past 100 churches to get there, gotten lost. And I don't really like driving around Melbourne. It's not the most fun place to drive. Nearly got cleaned up by a tram a couple of times and all those fun things. But I just knew we had to go. Not, I just wanted to go to their church. And there God had a divine encounter prepared for us. He spoke to me the day before to go, and he woke up that morning saying, I wish someone would just come and give me a word because I'm a bit tired and need encouragement. I thought, Holy Spirit, you are amazing. That just put the wind in my sails for another week or two. And I thought, oh, this is awesome. When the, <laughs> that doesn't happen like that every week. But boy, every now and then God just does something like that to really just let you know, hey, he's our helper. He wants to flow through you. And you've all got, I've just got the mic, so I'm telling you some of mine, but you've all got stories. I want to stir you up to believe for more, just to be available in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family, wherever you are, someone new walks through the door, who knows what God's bought them. If people walk through the door of your church, something's happening in their life. And just to be ready. He's our advocate. That's a legal term, but it's a broader meaning than counsel for their defense. It referred to anyone who helps someone in trouble with the law. The Holy Spirit will always stand by Christ's people. He's our advocate. He's our intercessor. Thank God he intercedes for us and through us. Romans 6, you all know, in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. This, this sounds good. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best thing to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to our behalf pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit 
because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, His holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Wow, that's powerful, isn't it? Some of them are not even sure what our plan or destiny is, but the Holy Spirit knows, and He's because He's God, and He's interceding for us and helping us make sure we're pointing the right direction and moving forward into our destiny. That is so, so powerful. That's why I love to pray in the Spirit, praying in other tongues, because it helps get your spirit fired up and connected. I'll pray in the English, and then I pray in the Spirit for a minute or two, and then I go back praying in English, and all of a sudden I'm praying at a new level of understanding, of insight, or a new perspective. That's what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 15. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. I believe this is what he's talking about. You pray and sing with understanding, and you pray and sing in the spirit, and you move from one to the other, and revelation, help, insight, breakthrough happens in our lives more and more. I want to encourage you, pray in tongues, worship in the Spirit, do it with understanding and in the Spirit, how powerful it becomes. I've read the stories of Yongi Cho and Catherine Kuhlman. She'd walk around for two or three hours backstage, praying in the Spirit, sometimes afraid, is anyone going to show up? As if, you know, miracles happen every day. But she'd just get tuned and say, Holy Spirit, what are you up to today? I'm only going to say and flow with what you tell me. So she'd get so tuned in, by the time she got on stage, she had a fair idea what miracles were going to happen and what things to pray for and speak about because it flowed. And Yongi Cho wrote a whole book, The Fourth Dimension, worked for him, 800,000 people in his church, so I think it helped his journey. And, and we ought to run our own race, but I just want to encourage you, hey, let's make sure we make room. He's our strengthener. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of... His might, not your might. Ephesians 6.10. Jude 1 verse 20. I love this verse. But you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. Can't get more direct than that, can you? Hey, praying every moment in the Spirit will help you. When I'm in the car on my own, I'm praying in the Spirit most of the time i got worship music or I'm praying in the Spirit. If Marilyn and I are in the car, sometimes we're praying together. If I've got someone else in the car, well, I'm not going to be praying in the Spirit. When I go to the Chamber of Commerce breakfast, I'm not praying in the Spirit across the table because they'll throw me out. There's times and places to do it. But your spirit can be activated and alive. He's our standby. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own. And He will make your paths. He's the Spirit of truth. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Wow. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I know um, Carol's here, and she's a counselor, and, and many counselors say, when you're helping people, you've got to get them to ask, ask God, what is the truth? What is the truth about your emotions, your feelings, your situation, the other people? What is the truth? And if you're prepared to listen to it and respond to it, you're on a pathway of healing and freedom. And sometimes we're too scared to ask because we know what it is already, but we don't want to face it. <laughs> but God's there and loves us. And then the freedom. We were singing about that. Second Corinthians 3 says, The Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
an old pastor many years ago taught me. He says, if you pray, you'll have authority. If you worship, you'll have freedom. If you put the two together, you've got freedom and authority. I thought, that's a really good key. I've never forgotten that. So I've wanted to, we're a praying worshiper, so there's freedom and authority. And uh, the last one is, he's a spirit power. Acts 1.8. The Amplified says, but you shall receive power. The Amplified says, that means ability, efficiency, and might. So it's just not raw power. It's ability, efficiency, and might. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. Wow. Comes from the word dunamis, which means dynamite. Dynamite. I want to say, is there a bit of dynamic power about your life? That's what God calls us. You don't have to be loud and noisy and extrovert like me. You can be a quiet teacher, but there's authority with your words. You can be a caring, compassionate, supportive carer, but when you hug them, there's something happens. There's a shift in the atmosphere because you carry and depression starts to leave. If you're a bold evangelist, well, be yourself, but there's power. There's power when you pray, when you speak. Luke 24, 49 says, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. One last scripture just to have a quick look at, and I, I reflected on this recently, Acts 2, 1 to 4, about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Just a couple of insights here, and we'll wrap it up and take a couple of moments just to say, Lord, fill me afresh. Empower me. And... Um, Acts 2, 1 to 4 in the Passion Translation, which is my new favorite translation now. On the day of Pentecost, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could hear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. What an amazing day. This is the birthday of the church. And uh, every year we have a combined church service at the... uh, (coughs) Baptist Church, all the churches get together and we have hundreds come and it's worshipping together. But I I was reflecting on this and it says, it came to be fulfilled. The Greek word means to fill completely or to be fulfilled. Pentecost was one of the main feasts of Israel. The name is derived from Pentecostus, which means 50th, since it was held on the 50th day after the Passover Sabbath, also known as a feast of harvest. So most of us are aware of that. In Acts 2.2, the Aramaic for the roar of the wind, it's translated like the roar of a groaning spirit. The Spirit of God groaned and says, I'm going to fill this earth. These disciples need my power. This mighty wind is for power. But remember in John 20.22, Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That breath of God there was for life, but the fire of the Holy Spirit was for power. So he does both for us. Sometimes you'll just breathe gently in the Spirit. And you just take a deep breath while you're worshiping. You just feel, oh, just refreshed. Other times, it's power. 
raw power and your body shaking. And, and I remember when I went to Toronto back in 1994 and, mate, it was crazy. Did anyone else go, go to Toronto? Yeah, if you did, mate, I was there the first year it was broke loose. It was so powerful. There was stuff. People were shaking so violently. Chairs were breaking apart under them and their necks were violently shaking. It would break your neck in two minutes. They would do it for hours and have no physical effect. It was just totally out of this world. My head was spinning and I was raised in Pentecost. But the power of God was there. Now on the third day, we'd all travelled from Australia. Were you on the same trip with us, Rod? Yeah, we were. You came with Pastor John Lewis. He says, let's go. So we all went and didn't know where we were going. And we ended up in, but I felt the power of God and I just went down the floor. And I thought, oh, this is good, but I didn't feel much. And I had the Holy Spirit nudge me and say, just stay here for a while and rest. About two minutes into it, I remember I was lying on the floor and my hands were up behind me and it felt like someone grabbed my fingers and plugged them into the power socket. Every 10 seconds for the next hour, this electricity went through me and I thought I was going to explode every 10 seconds for about an hour. It was, it was just raw power. It was just unbelievable power. I thought my body's going to explode. But it did something in my life and I've never forgotten the raw power. It was just a sign from God. And when I got back to, to uh, Budrum, we were pastoring there and I thought, well, I wonder what's going to happen first Sunday. And so I spoke about my experience and I knew God would show up because I'd seen God do things before. And so we had a, all this. I said, if you want God to touch you, come up. So a lot of people came up and, and we had catches, but they weren't really ready. And I remember because <laughs> something had happened inside me. So as soon as I got near people, and the first couple I prayed for, I thought, I'll just pray for this lovely couple, an older Baptist, ex-Baptist couple, really conservative. I thought, They'll be, a face, they'll be a safe start, you know. If God's really in this, something will happen. Yeah, and so I prayed for him. He came forward and nearly knocked me over. And she went back at the same time. And I tried to catch her because the catchers weren't quite ready. The only problem was she only had one arm and I reached the wrong side. <laughs> Whoops. Straight on the concrete floor. We didn't even have carpet. Well, all heaven broke loose. She didn't get hurt. The power of God was there. At the end of that meeting, the the board comes and says, we're going to take an offering up and we're going to get carpet for the older area for next Sunday. (laughs) They didn't want to get sued by someone cracking their head up. Other times, he just inspires your spirit, fills you, breathes life on you. And uh, it's just so powerful. It says it filled the house. Although... This is an interesting thought. I've always been taught and assumed that this happened in the upper room. But the Bible doesn't actually say that. We've assumed it. But it's most likely it was in the outer courts of the temple. It most likely wasn't the upper room where they got filled with the Holy Spirit. You study your Bible and read the notes. And I've never seen this until a couple of weeks ago. Although most believe it was upper room, it's most probably to conclude in the Aramaic that it was the house of the Lord, the temple, where they all gathered to celebrate Pentecost because that's where they gathered for Pentecost. It wasn't the upper room, it was the temple courts. So it's most likely that's where they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's interesting because when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain was torn from top to bottom. There's now full access of his presence and power for every believer. So they're in the outs now. 
Wow, that makes sense, doesn't it? So I don't want to destroy your theology. If you like the upper room, that's okay. The key is God filled the room and filled them. That's, that's the key. And it says there's a pillar of fire that led Israel from bondage into the promised land. This same pillar of fire rested here to initiate a new beginning from dead religious structures into the powerful life of the Spirit. Each, religious, each believer received an overpowering flame of fire signified by the shaft of light that engulfed them. It was as though each one received his own pillar of fire that would empower him and lead him through his life. This was the promise Jesus gave to these disciples of the one like me will come upon you. Jesus is our, sent his representative, the Holy Spirit. Are you getting excited about being a spiritual believer? Mate, when I do this, I think, wow, oh Lord. And verse um, 4, it says they were filled. There are two Greek words used here for filled. In verse 2, the house was filled with its pleuro, which means filled inwardly. In verse 4, it's pletho, which means filled outwardly or furnished or equipped. So the Holy Spirit came and filled the house. And then it says it filled them, which was equipping them and filling them to overflow outward. How beautiful is that? I thought, Lord, you are just so amazing. This was the anointing of the Spirit for ministry. Every believer needs the filling of the Spirit both inwardly for life and outwardly for ministry. Amen. How awesome is our Holy Spirit. Let's stand in His presence. We've just got a few minutes before we break and I just want you to meditate on that. I'm sure the Holy Spirit has taken maybe one of those aspects of the Spirit and say, hey, I'd just love the company to know that He's my helper. I'd love to know that He's the strengthener. If you're a bit tired or weary, He's the strengthener. Well, Lord, I'd love to know that You are fully God. Tonight I'm going to speak about honour and how the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit honoured one another in the Godhead. It's a fascinating perspective. And how He teaches us to honour in the Spirit. But I think sometimes we don't honour the Holy Spirit for who He really is. We pray the prayer before church, say, God, come and fill us and do Your work in our lives. We get up each day saying, Lord, I want to be used by You and Your Spirit. But I don't think we fully understand how awesome and powerful that is. And I hope I've stirred some things today, maybe challenged some things in our lives to say, Lord, I'm hungry to know this dynamic of the Spirit. Why don't you reach out just your hands in front and let's just take a moment. Let's just take a moment to just meditate on what's the Holy Spirit spoken to you in this short time together in this message. Which aspect of the Spirit's character are you just really hungry for more of? Is it the counselor and the wisdom? Is it His awesome power? I'm not talking about the gifts here tonight. and I'm talking about knowing Him and His character and who He is. The one who helps you overcome your weaknesses. The intercessor. Powerful thought, eh? Because the intercessor is for you and through you. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.basechristianchurch.com.au 
or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.